Hey y'all, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Vashti Sarah, and you're plugged in once again to all the things where we literally talk about all the things. So this episode are for my girlies, my married women, my friends who are loving marriage or probably or you know, might not be loving marriage, whatever it is. This episode is for you. I wanted to address the issue or not necessarily the issue, but the topic of intimacy and the topic of submitting to your spouse. Now, I won't get too deep um, because this, this can be controversial. This can be a big old issue that's long drawn. And there are many varying opinions on what submission looks like, Um what it entails, but I wanted to focus on intimacy and intimacy within your spiritual walk and intimacy with your spouse. So before we jump into that, let's look at what the Bible has to say. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23, we read the infamous verses about you know, wives submitting to your husband. So here we go. Wives submit to your husband as the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body. Now as the church submits to the Christ, so also wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Uh, I think I butchered that. Let's try that again. He is this uh, wives submit to your husbands as the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is head of the church. He is the savior of the body. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives are to submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He is to present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but anything like that, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it just as Christ does for the church, since we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am talking about Christ and the church. To sum up, each one of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. So there's a lot to unpack in that passage of scripture. But what I mainly want to focus on um, is not what it means to submit to your spouse and roles and hierarchy, because I know there's a plethora of opinions out there. I know where I stand and I will eventually get there um, and I'll probably do a, maybe a series on submission and, you know, the man of the house, the woman of the house, what, you know, your roles or whatever. But today's episode, I wanted to mainly focus on sacredness um, versus spectacle and the way we carry out our spiritual walk and how that reflects the intimacy we have in our home. So I will try to keep this as super PG as possible um, because I know I have single women listeners. and I'm not saying you don't know what goes on in marriage at all, but at the same time for teenagers who are listening, because I do have quite a bit of teenagers that listen, I want to keep this as super PG as possible, but to also relay the message um, about what it means to be a spectacle, spectacle versus what it means to be sacred. So um, a lot of this 
in terms of spectacle lifestyle in uh, in your relationship with Christ, we can find in Matthew, Matthew chapter six through seven, it, you know, we, he talks about how to give, how to pray, um, the, the Lord's prayer, you know, Jesus gives them an example of how to pray, um, how to fast God and provisions, the cure for anxiety. And, and these are all like like topics, like man-made topics for it. Um, do not judge, ask, seek, and knock, entering the kingdom, the two foundations. So there's so much to unpack from both chapters, but it clearly outlines to us what marriage should look like, what the bride of Christ should look like. And a lot of times what we do is we try to separate Christianity from marriage when marriage is a reflection of what Christianity should look like. Marriage is a reflection of the bride of Christ. God is coming back. Jesus is coming back for a spotless bride. And that's not to say that we won't make mistakes. That's not to say we won't have, uh, we, we wouldn't have fallen, but essentially a spotless bride is a bride that chooses to submit to Christ, a, a bride that accepts Jesus as their Lord and Savior, a bride that admits their flaws and is walking out their salvation. Um, and that's the same way how marriage should be. So what does the bride of Christ and your relationship with God have to do with intimacy with your spouse? It correlates. And even though you're not physical in your spiritual walk in the sense of intimacy, wink, wink, if you know what I mean, um, you are being physical because you are, you know, praying out loud, you're uh, fasting, you are, you know, volunteering in church, you're doing all these outward things for the Lord, quote unquote, but a lot of the times what we do, it's we're essentially just doing it to be a spectacle and we don't realize we're doing it to be a spectacle. We think we're doing good, but in all honesty, we function outside the church completely different from what we function inside the church. Outside the church, we are dressed proper. We have the perfect lingo. Uh, God bless you. Bless your heart. You know, God's good. Um, life is great. And, you know, we have all the, the perfect lingo to, to describe our spiritual walk outside of our home. And then when you look inside the home, it's entirely different. Um, we don't seclude ourselves and pray. We don't have intimate moments with the Lord. We don't have intimate moments where we worship and we cry out to Jesus. Our spiritual walk is solely dependent on the church. And that's where we have it wrong. And we we can't use that same mentality in marriage and expect your marriage to thrive because intimacy is necessary. Intimacy with the Lord is necessary. Intimacy with your spouse is necessary. You can be a spectacle all day long and pretend like your marriage is perfect and you know do all these outward things to to put on a facade that life is great and take all the Instagram pictures, but behind closed doors, there's absolutely no intimacy. Things will start crumbling. Things will start crashing eventually. And that's what I want to target um, today. So when it comes to your relationship with God, it's the exact same way with your relationship with your spouse. Now there is a level, a deeper level of intimacy with the Lord, and there's a difference of intimacy um, with your spouse. But 
the the two functions the same and it benefits somewhat the same. So there's PDA and then there's sacred intimacy. PDA is with your spouse, obviously. Um, And intimacy can be uh, sexual intimacy, emotional intimacy, spiritual intimacy with your spouse. With the Lord, it's a sacred intimacy. It's a time where you separate yourself from what you're doing in the world. You separate yourself from the deeds, from the works and it's faith being built. It's faith being activated um, with the Lord. So there is a love language for God, just as there is a love language for your spouse. Jared and I, we have two completely different love languages. And I had to learn early on in, in dating and then especially so in marriage, like it came out a lot more, that his love language is very different than mine. He values physical touch and um, quality time values it greatly. I value acts of service and um, words of affirmation. I am not big on physical touch. I never was uh, growing up, but I've learned that that's important to him. So for instance, coming home from work, because my husband works at home um, and then I, I go into the office for work. Every evening when I come home, my husband will greet me and it's pretty much faithful every evening when I come home. <laughs> He'll do this thing where I come home and he wants to kiss me immediately. And that and that's not like make out kissing. He just wants to kiss me and greet me. And I had a big problem with that. Some days I still like throw a fit. But when I think about it, I'm like, golly, my husband just he just wants to kiss me and show me affection. And I'm the wife that's like, no, I, not right now, you know, and I had to learn that's his way of receiving love and giving love. And he had to learn, hey, maybe don't smother me the moment I walk in. Maybe give me two seconds. Let me put my bag down and then I can talk. I, you, I can give you a kiss and we can talk about our day, but don't smother me immediately. So we learn different love languages, uh, quality time. I, my version of quality time is if I've spent the entire day with you at home, that's enough. But for him, quality time is different and it's set apart time. And I'm also like transitioning into that as well, where quality time has become a lot more important. And I don't know if it has to do with, you know, being pregnant or what, but I'm valuing quality time a lot more now than I had initially. Um, But yeah, and then words of affirmation, he's learned that, uh, you know, I value words, your words matter to me. So he is really good, very intentional about encouraging me, uh, affirming me and helping me to accept that affirmation because there are times where I'm like, oh yeah, uh, thanks, I appreciate it. He's like, no, I want you to listen to what I'm saying. You are this and affirms me when um, I need it the most. So just as we have a love language with our spouse, we have a lo- love language with Christ. And that love language can be different for many, for, for most of us. Um, but for the most part, it's probably consistent. Prayer is a love language. Worship is a love language. Um, for some people, it's dancing. It's a love language. Writing is a love language. Your love language is the way you communicate with the Lord. And the love language that the Lord has is anything you will give to him, he will accept. He will accept it because he wants that sacred intimacy. He wants to 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 have that union with his child, with his bride. So 
It's super, super important. So we have to take time in the secret to show the Lord um, and that we're that it's not just him chasing us, that we're chasing after him, too. Even this week, I was praying and I was telling the Lord, you know, uh, make me a vessel, make me into new wine, help me to chase after you more, because there are times in our Christian walk where we, we become complacent and that's just normal. We just live day in, day out and things just become mundane and we don't chase anymore because we feel like, oh, well, we're in a good spot. We're grooving. Nothing, nothing big's going on. But I don't want to wait until something big is going on in order to desire intimacy, in order to desire a moment with the Lord. I want to cultivate that, that when those big moments come, it's not hard for me to seek after God. And when those big moments disappear, I remain consistent in that. So pursuing him privately, closing the doors, enjoying it, closing the doors and enjoying sacred intimacy. That is vital. We cannot keep living life just in front of the church and think that's okay. And that's enough. It's not enough. And I promise you, you're going to fail. You're going to stumble at some point. And um, like my mom always says, um, the poop will hit the fan. You can use other words there, but eventually the poop will hit the fan and things will start crumbling. So you have to realize that Christianity, your relationship with Christ is not just outward. It's also what's going on internally in your home, in your spiritual home, in your heart, just as your relationship with your spouse isn't just what you post on social media to make it appear as if you have the picture perfect marriage. No one has a, a picture perfect marriage. Everyone is going through something. Um, and it's, it's, it varies from couple to couple, but every couple will face some type of adversity from time to time. But if you have that foundation of intimacy with Christ and with your spouse, it's a lot easier to break those barriers when those struggles come. But if your intimacy with Christ is lacking, you're going to struggle in your marriage. If your intimacy with um, your spouse is lacking, but your spiritual life isn't lacking. You're still going to struggle because you have to work on both. Both coexist together. It's not two separate entities that, you know, I can function on this one and just keep this one slacking on this side. No, both are vital because you chose to be in union with Christ just as you chose to be in union with your spouse. Whenever you made that covenant before the Lord on your wedding day, it's you, God, and your spouse. It wasn't just you and your spouse or you and God. It was triune, the image of what the bride of Christ looks like. So any relationship that goes, that only goes as deep as a public display or mere physical intimacy without an emotional bond is not true intimacy. I'll read that again. Any relationship that only goes as deep as public, as a public display or mere intimacy without an emotional bond is not true intimacy. It, it can't just be surface level. And that's where I'm essentially trying to get at. Your spiritual walk cannot just be surface level. Your walk with your spouse cannot just be surface level. At some point, it will crumble. And I don't want to keep emphasizing or repeating myself, but the, the truth of the matter is something will suffer and something will break eventually. And what your goal is as the wife or your goal should be as the wife is to navigate, help navigate your spouse with that. Now, if you married a good spouse, well, I don't want to say if you married a good spouse, 
your spouse is, is supposed to be the spiritual leader in your home, but at the same time, you should do your part as the wife in helping and guiding your husband in both spiritual intimacy and physical intimacy. Encourage them. Encourage them to be in their word. Encourage them to set time apart for just you and him. Encourage them to find a sacred place, to find that secret place, um, to, to pray, to worship, and to seek after Christ. Because as the husband, his role is to be the spiritual leader. His role is to be the spiritual covering. That's not to say that you can't be a, you know, be in the Lord. You obviously have to be in the Lord too, but you have to encourage your spouse because sometimes the husband needs some nudging. Sometimes the wife needs some nudging. We're all fallible. We're all, we all have our moments where we pull back a little bit and we need that push to keep going. That push to say, hey, you're kind of slacking here. Keep, keep going. Don't quit. Don't give up. So um, in Matthew six, he says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Otherwise you will have no reward with your father in heaven. And that's twofold. That's, that's your spiritual walk, but also your physical walk with your spouse. Be careful that you don't practice marriage just outside of marriage. Be careful that you don't practice your spiritual walk just outside of your home. Your spiritual walk and marriage should be practiced within the home. And if we only make it superficial, if we only make it in the physical, it, it like I said, it will crumble. God or Jesus doesn't want your love to be a spectacle. He wants it to be sacred. Your love with your spouse is supposed to be sacred. Your love with Jesus is supposed to be sacred. And something that is sacred you take it and you value it. You fight for it. It's worth it. And it might be messy at times. It might be muddy sometimes. But the reality is something that is sacred is worth fighting for. It's worth putting the work into. It's worth more than just being surface level. It's more than, it's worth more than just having sex. It's more than that. And just making sure, well, you know, they're satisfied, so I did my part. It's more than that. In marriage, intimacy takes int intentionality. Sometimes it takes scheduling regular dates on the calendar, um, committing to blocking out distractions, making space for, <laughs> you know what I mean, um, on a regular ba basis. Intimacy can be enjoyed, enjoyed organically only when it is supported intentionality, intentionally. Intimacy can be enjoyed organically, organically, only when it is supported intentionally. You have to be intentional about intimacy. You have to set time apart. You have to be adamant that this is important. Something my husband and I do is we, and in the beginning, we always ate at the kitchen table and then things got crazy. It, our house was in a disarray because we were renovating and doing, you know, just doing all the things in the house, trying to get it in order. I mean, for instance, we didn't have a couch or furniture in our living room for over a year. That's that's how bad it was. We we didn't we were working on the floors and we were working on plumbing and then we were working on this and that. So we've been doing a lot the past two and a half years with our home. But the first year 
were forced to eat at the living room table because, or the kitchen table because the living room was in a disarray. Then the living room got better and then things shifted and then it got easier to just put on a show and eat dinner. And then we realized we haven't been really been communicating this the past three months. We need to get back in order. So what we do is we're very intentional about whenever we sit down to eat, we're talking, no phones, absolutely no phones. Whenever we go on a, out on a date and we sit to eat, no phones. The moment we put our bottoms on that chair, no phones. Absolutely none. Whenever um, we have intimate moments, no phones. Absolutely none. Before bed, no phones. And you have to make those hard, fast rules. Um, we're doing devos at night. You, you know, no phones. <laughs> Just make it very, very clear. Instead of grabbing your phone for the Bible, you grab the physical Bible because it's a lot easier to get distracted in the word if you're using your phone. So just be intentional with your physical relationship with your spouse, just as you are intentional with your relationship with Christ. And if you're not intentional with your relationship, with your relationship in Christ, it's probably likely you're not intentional with your relationship with your spouse. They kind of work hand in hand, especially if you're a Christ follower, they, they, they work hand in hand. So um, before we end, Matthew 6, 6 says, but when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door and pray to the father who is in the secret. That is intimacy with Jesus. That is intimacy with your Lord and savior. That is what intimacy should look like. Not the spectacle of, you know, which I don't want to say that if you're singing that's a spectacle or if you're serving and feeding the poor and the hungry that's a spectacle no but it can become a spectacle spectacle because that's the basis of what your christian walk is that's that's about it but what your christian walk requires is you to get into that secret place get into that private room just as you probably wouldn't be intimate with your spouse in public you have to set aside time to be intimate with Christ in the private. Both require private areas. Both require, require a setting apart a time that is dedicated just for intimacy. So my question to you before we conclude this um, episode is how are you pursuing intimacy as the bride of Christ? So how are you pursuing intimacy with Christ? And that's a question you can answer for yourself. And are you intentionally closing the doors, scheduling dates, setting aside time in order for your relationship to deepen? Are you publicly kissing him then living as strangers at home? I'm just being real. Are you publicly kissing your husband? Publicly posting about him. But behind closed doors, you don't hold hands. You don't kiss him. You're just partners. That's just that's just it. What does intimacy look like? And if you need to reevaluate things, reevaluate and get back on track. It's never too late. Even though it might seem like it's too late, it's never too late. Get back, but get back on track. Do that thing. Work on your marriage. If it's sacred, it's important. If it's sacred and you made a covenant before the Lord, it's important and it's worth fighting for. I hope y'all enjoyed today's episode. And I know it's a, it's a different one. I typically have like, a bunch of questions that I respond to or, you know, a specific topic. But today I wanted to just 
to touch on the difference between spectacle and um, sacredness and what that looks like with your relationship with Christ and with your relationship with your spouse. This is for you women. And I hope you, you hear what I'm saying. Um, And soon we'll do an episode on the roles of (laughs) marriage and all that, but intimacy is important. We'll start there. And I hope to, um, dive in a little bit more into this topic in the coming episodes but that's all i have for y'all today i hope y'all enjoy um enjoy this episode and have a phenomenal week